these are neurotic crayons and you know basically they should all be cared for just as you would care for an employee the one that struck me yellow was just look at me look at me look at me right right okay if you are if you as a parent work in an office of any kind this book is useful for you because you can see like oh my god every which crayon are you Welcome to What the Hell Story Corner, where we explore some dusty, neglected shelves in the children's section of the library to give you a new perspective on an old classic or maybe introduce you to the favorite kid's story you never knew you always wanted. So, uh, good afternoon, morning, evening, and happy listening, kids. Uh, today we are, or to piggyback onto what we were talking about, sort of tying everything together, we are talking about The Day the Crayons Quit by Drew Daywalt. And uh, to talk about, sort of to give the overview, now we talked about Click Clack Moo and um, the way that was about unions and how cool that was and unionization and you know cows need electric blankets too and demands and all that stuff this gets more specific and um what's entertaining about this the the overview here is that we have crayons think of your think of your little crayola box from back in the day with um you know the flip top box and um now I always I had 64 crayons in mine. Oh, yeah. And I remember good. yeah, and I remember the first time I went to a neighbor who had the like hundred something. I've never been so envious in my entire life. <laughs> I I didn't know anybody that fancy. I had a box of 48 and it wasn't until I was like maybe I don't want I may I don't know. It's at some point in advanced age. <laughs> well beyond the point that I should have been joyous about having 64 crayons that I, I mean, I think I was in high school and I was very excited to have 64 crayons. Um, so anyway, these, uh, let's say it's not even a basic set of crayons because he had colors in there like beige. Mm -hmm. um, beige does not come in a basic set of crayons. No. It's not your set of basic eight. Um, but let's say, for argument's sake, in the illustration, it was a box of 64. So there's underrepresentation here, because I will point out that um, let's let's just say it's it's generalization, because green, for example, talked about all the green things that green got to color. Um, there were different shades of green that were represented there. Um, other Like, say the green, basic green crayon was the representative for all of the greens, because... I'm just saying. Anyway, right. we're getting over, we're getting into the weeds here. Um, <laughs> each of the crayons and or crayon families, depending on how you want to look at it, aired their grievances at um, being underutilized or overutilized, overworked, and uh, they sent this all in. They aired their grievances in letters to their owner slash kid. And uh, owner slash, yes, Duncan, Duncan, <laughs> Duncan. Yeah. Uh, he's a good Irish boy, apparently. <laughs> it's it's so funny because each one, like each page, is a different color, and it's the color in their letter to 
Duncan explaining right. like so you kind of like you read this book and you think you kind of feel like Duncan you're like reading these these not necessarily sometimes they're demands and sometimes it's like right. they're really eliciting sympathy around like because right. we if if we did not project our feelings onto objects as children toy story would never have been the box office hit that it is that's exactly right uh, my 19 year old still does that for example i made a repair to a stuffed animal for a teacher friend of mine um and it was um a stuffed animal and i i put an ear back on a stuffed animal it was missing an ear and my daughter said i'm i'm sure that the teacher will appreciate it. And more importantly, the stuffed animal appreciates it. <laughs> I just wanted to go, you're 19. You know, it doesn't have feelings, right? It's not alive. But honestly, I'm not sure that she's, she doesn't know. So <laughs> anyway, all of these crayons have feelings and uh, they let Duncan know about their feelings. And Duncan, in true managerial form, addresses these concerns and he doesn't want his crayons to be sad so you're right he's attributing feelings to he's anthropomorphizing i love that word his crayons and um he addresses all of these issues and creates some wildly fantastic things in his next coloring assignment and uh, gets an A for coloring and an A plus for creativity. All the crayons are happy. He has wild illustrations, which I deeply appreciate. And uh, the end. Yeah. So basically, <laughs> so basically what we have learned about here is good managerial practices, not necessarily union. They didn't unionize, but uh, they did collectively uh take their complaints to management who listened and did something about it so these are good managerial practices yeah and what i like so i'll i'll touch on like just one kind of as an example but this is this is totally a book worth checking out um just because it's entertaining as hell and so many of these books that have a message to them they kind of push the message ahead of the entertainment value which really annoys me <laughs> as a writer it's like that's like the rule of writing you don't you you don't push that's... your message ahead of the entertainment value and this one is just funny as hell and the i think purple is probably my favorite so i'll read purple's letter to duncan just real quick to give you a sense of what this is about it says dear duncan all right, listen, I love that I'm your favorite crayon for grapes, dragons, and wizards hats, but it makes me crazy that so much of my gorgeous color goes outside the lines. If you don't start coloring inside the lines, all caps, by the way, soon, yep. I'm going to, all caps, completely lose it. Your very neat friend, Purple Crayon. Well, you know, uh, first of all, I would, I would like to um, address what you said about um, the not pushing the message of, or you know like the entertainment above the message that's part of why once again shout out to ryan higgins and penelope rex and bruce the bear i love those stories because there's all these little there's hidden messages in there but it's you know be nice and take care of people and all that stuff but they're like just they're hilarious books and i love them deeply but um another thing about this book that struck me reading it these are some very neurotic crayons purple's a neat freak um white is lonely 
because White's like, I'm, you know, you don't use me a lot. I'm, I'm the same, I'm the same color or I'm, I'm the same color as the page. And then like black has the opposite color or the opposite problem. I'm so tired of being the outline and watching you color in everything that I've just outlined. How about a black beach ball? And then also on the pages a black rainbow. I, that, I mean, same crayon, but opposite problem. These are neurotic crayons. And, you know, basically they should all be cared for just as you would care for an employee. And, yes. you know, Duncan recognizes this. It's good managerial practice to recognize your employees as individuals. You can you can laugh about their whining in private. But you yes. can't. Like, yeah, these are good HR practices. There you go. You know? The one that struck me, yellow was just, look at me, look at me, look at me. Right. Right. Okay. If you are, if you as a parent work in an office of any kind, this book is useful for you because you can see like every single. Oh my God. I'm going to be thinking that when I go back to work next week. Really? Really? Which crayon am I? You're going to look at your, you're going to look at your coworkers and be like, which one are you? Which which crayon are you? Which crayon am I? Oh God, am I that crayon? Oh, which crayon am I going to be today? Some of them, you know, it's funny. Some of them you feel exactly, you can go from one color to the next on any given day, but some of them, what's funny though, some of them have like legitimate concerns that make you feel a little bad for them. It's like, oh, that would suck. You know, like not only being confined to what your role is. Oh my God, that's one of the things that drives me up the wall every single place I've ever worked, the whole stay in your lane bullshit. Oh my God, that, oh, there's, oh, yeah. oh, doesn't that drive? No, yeah, no room yeah. for advancement, no room for thinking outside the box. No, no, nothing. It, it, and these, yeah, the, these, you are, these your are role. instruments. Yeah, and these are instruments of creativity. They just want to be creative. Yeah. Why do, why do I always have to be uh, blue for the sky or blue for the ocean, you know? Why, why can't I be something else? Yeah. Yeah. Why can't you be something different? And it's funny because you're right at the end of the book, you know, I, the page just says, well, poor Duncan just wanted to color. And all I thought about was this, <laughs> was this poor boss who's like, oh my God, I just want to get the work done so I can go home. <laughs> right. I just want to go in and do my job. And uh. It's you start to really feel for Duncan here, but instead of you know going home and complaining, you know, to his family at home, or you know going to a bar and drinking away his concerns, you know, he's got. Well, I mean, his home. name is Duncan. I yeah, mean, he might do that even <laughs> at an early age. <laughs> he might. But instead, like he creates this really cool picture at the end where he does shake it up a little bit, you know. So and tell tell everybody what the picture is. Describe it a little bit since you have the book sitting there. It's like okay, it it is admittedly bizarre. It's like um a bus and a road that's kind yeah, of. But what what are the colors? That's what I mean. Them. All of them, like. Or the oh, a giant whale who looks like I, it has to be like a humpback whale is orange. But what color is it? It's orange. Yeah, okay. that one's orange. Yes, um, the sea itself is actually green. Um, yeah, they fit a little cat in there. Uh, they've got yeah, everything is kind of a different color, so you're able to shake it up a little bit, which is really cute. And it's definitely like a crazy world that you're looking at here. <laughs> so you can see why the teacher thought it was right on. You know, um a plus for creativity because and that and there you go 
And that, that I thought was a really good message too. It's when you've got a lot of tools at your disposal and you're only using them for what you think they should be used for and not breaking out a little bit, you might never get to the level that Duncan was able to get to here by it's true. changing it around. It's true. He, uh, he ascended in his creativity. And that is also something that managers could learn, you know, use all of the tools at your disposal in different ways. And maybe you two will ascend in the creative level. Because here's the thing that we, and I, I love that we always encourage our little ones to, you know, dream big and, you know, be excited about what they want to do and what their passions are. And um, I have mixed feelings about asking them what they want to be when they grow up, but I do yeah. like of, you know, of, but of, of thinking about, you know, what, what your dreams are, you know, I don't have any problem with that, certainly, but I remember, I got to tell this story real quick, because it's just too funny. Um, Megan, my youngest, when she graduated from kindergarten, it was different from any other kindergarten graduation I'd seen, even after my oldest daughter, who had the little... Um, graduation gown and they had the little tassels mm-hmm. for little bitty kids of course and they have traditional graduation stuff well this one they had all of that too but they asked them to dress as what they wanted to be when they grew oh, up that's amazing it was so freaking cute there were policemen there were firefighters there were bakers there were you know like one little girl had a wedding dress she wanted to be a wedding planner it was freaking hilarious megan walks out dressed like an artist she's got like a little sideways beret and a little painter amazing oh my god it was so cute and here's my jackass husband sitting next to me and he just whispers hey where the fuck are the accountants and the engineers at Oh my God. Did you tell him not to be such a buzzkill? Could you just was, we we wanted to, but we were all laughing. Yeah. I mean, no, it's true. I mean, because, where where are the yeah. garbage men and bus drivers and you know, do you want fries with that? You know, because you know that they're there somewhere. And there's no yeah, it's fine. Everybody does what they do and it's fine. Oh yeah, but like 70 to 80% of these kids, he was right, are gonna be accountants engineers lawyers you know still like really boring ass jobs and he's like i don't see any pocket protectors up there what's going on i'm hey his brother is an engineer who has never worn a pocket protector oh and, and jason's in finance i mean it just that's where he's right. coming from here it's just oh no no i get it i get it it was so oh it. god it was I'm, so funny i'm really disappointed that not a single kid dressed up like a dinosaur or you know something yeah i didn't see oh, well that. It's a missed missed opportunity. That's all I'm saying. Okay, so uh, that is hilarious. That's a great. That's a great. That's a more schools should do that. Um, And hopefully, like books like this, do at least help them to get because you're you are going to end up managing someone at some point. You know, odds are pretty good by the time you retire that you are going to be responsible for a team of people, whether they're your peers or subordinates or whatever. You're going to have to wrangle some people together and get some work done and that's basically what this what this is and so this is the first book that I remember looking at where it kind of has that message a little bit it's not overt maybe I'm just pulling <laughs> maybe I'm no 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 I mean it's not I mean come on let's be real how overt are any of the things that we have pulled out of any of these books I mean seriously we're kind of reaching for squirrel fight club. I mean squirrel fight club okay right. um 
True. I'm just, that's not what we're here for. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, all I am saying is that uh, I, once you pointed it out, I couldn't not see it. <laughs> that's all. That's all. All right. So once again, this episode, week, whatever, since mm -hmm. this is a two-parter, this book is The Day the Crayons Quit. And who's it by again? It is by Drew Daywalt. Drew Daywalt. And so for manager, good managerial practices, you should read this book. And uh, to be aware of unions and how they work, you should read Click, Clack, Moo by I can't remember. Go back to the front of the, episode, right. the first part. Oh, <laughs> like, oh, that was more than five minutes ago. Be a goldfish. Yes. And there you go. Thanks for tuning in, kids. Okay, everyone. Thanks for joining us on What the Hell Story Corner. Be sure to check your public library for today's book, or you can find purchase links in the show notes. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to be notified of new episodes where we explore the most interesting works of children's literature today. See you soon.